You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who started covering the Chargers for San Diego Sports Domination, and we did our own Facebook Live show for five years, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season doing the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? I hope everyone had a great weekend. Welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate it, and if you don't already, the easiest way to make sure that you never miss a show and we're going Every day now until the end of football season and then some. So to make sure you don't miss, follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. But a lot has happened since the last time that we talked to you guys because training camp kept going over the weekend. So we didn't get to talk about Friday or Saturday's training camp last week. But now we're back here to recap the weekend and also recap a signing for the Chargers because they brought in undrafted rookie quarterback K.J. Costello, the former Stanford Cardinal and also Mississippi State quarterback, came to the Chargers after having a visit early on in the season. Now he has brought, been brought back in for training camp, so we'll talk about what that means for Easton Stick and if he has any chance to make the team. And also in segment one, we'll get into how the wide receiver three battle is really heating up, especially between two guys with Tyron Johnson and Josh Palmer. In segment two, we're going to flip things over to the defensive side of things and look at some notes from Daniel Popper of The Athletic about some defenders standing out and some key positions for the Chargers getting filled. So we'll talk about who is playing safety in the dime package and why we are a little scared that it's Elohi Gilman, right? And then we'll also get into where Mark Webb is at this point, Chris Harris Jr. playing safety, and then a couple of other defenders standing out in Kyler Fackrell and also Kazir White, who's made a couple of big plays in training camp. Then to wrap up the show, we had a ton of press conferences over the weekend, so we're going to kind of do a best of press conference sound from the coaches and the players. So we have Ronaldo Hill, we have Brandon Staley, and we also have Kenneth Murray quotes coming at the end of the show. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, we finished our week last week, two days into training camp, and training camp kept going after we were done, and the Chargers did a lot over the weekend, but they actually made a roster move as well because they ended up bringing KJ Costello and if that name is familiar to Charger fans, it's because when the Chargers... We're not talking about Abbott and Costello here, just to be clear. <laughs> Terrible joke. Terrible <laughs> joke. If the name seems familiar to you, it's because in the Chargers rookie camp this year, they brought in KJ Costello, who really had a lot of draft buzz, I think, early on in his career. And I think that happens to a lot of Stanford quarterbacks just because they play in that pro-style offense. And it's really easy to see kind of how these guys would translate into the NFL and then had a banged up season, ended up transferring to Mississippi State, and really didn't do much for his draft stock last year, ended up going undrafted. And when we saw him in the rookie minicamps, David, we were like, okay, well, it doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get signed, right? This is a visit slash tryout kind of thing. But we also did say, hey, you know, now if coaches call the Chargers about him, they maybe say something nice about him, might get him other opportunities down the road. It might even get him another opportunity with the Chargers with COVID and everything going on or just injuries in general, at least you'd have a rapport with a team. And now we see him getting another crack in training camp. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously what he did in the offseason workouts, uh, you know, it definitely shined well upon him. I mean, he put forth a good effort, and, you know, he was a guy that the Chargers were keeping in the back of their minds. So, I mean, a guy that gets brought back into the fold, who already is familiar with the offense, who's already operated, as Brandon Stilley likes to say, a guy who's already thrown balls to the wide receivers. So, I mean, someone who's a familiar face. And so, I mean, anytime you have that, uh, that's definitely something you want to keep close to the vest. We've seen that with the Chargers last year with the with the COVID-19 stuff like that. They had brought a lot of players back. So KJ Costello gets another opportunity here now in training camp. Well, and I think the first thing that kind of came to my mind was, is it a coincidence that we're seeing this signing after a rough start for Easton Stick so far in training camp? I mean, we talked before about just the fact that this new coaching staff doesn't necessarily have a role in mind for Easton Stick, whose role infinitely changed once the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. But we said that they weren't really attached to this guy necessarily. He hasn't had a great camp so far. And now it seems like even if it's not for the third roster spot, we don't know if the Chargers are going to be keeping three quarterbacks on their roster during the regular season. This could even potentially be for a practice squad spot, David, because we don't know how many quarterbacks the Chargers are going to keep. But right now it does kind of feel like a live competition between Easton Stick and KJ Costello. Yeah, well, I mean, Easton Stick should definitely be worried because this new coaching staff has no ties to Easton Stick whatsoever. I mean, the only tie comes from up top with the general manager. I mean, that's it. This this new coaching staff doesn't seem like they play favorites. They seem like they're going to go out there and evaluate everybody and try to, to retain the best guys, whether that's on the 53-man roster or the practice squad. So Easton Stick should definitely be a little bit worried, and KJ Costello should take this as a very real opportunity to try to earn a spot, whether that's on the 53 or the practice squad, probably more so the practice squad. But for Easton Stick, this is definitely very real, and if he takes this lightly, he might find himself out of a roster spot with the Chargers. Yeah, you have to wonder how attached they are to it, right? Just because if the third spot is going to someone that is developmental, do you want to develop Easton Stick, or do you think that there's more potential developing KJ Costello? And I just think that it could be a legitimate competition just because we have no idea what we're going to get from KJ Costello, and I'm excited to see that tomorrow. I'll be at training camp and kind of see if they're just kind of using him, right, to throw to the fourth string guys on the separate field or what his role will actually be there. But it is very interesting because they had a lot of praise for KJ Costello saying we wanted to bring in a guy who was going to basically help our wide receivers out and be able to get all of these guys the ball if we need them to during rookie camp and we don't have any rookie quarterbacks. So I think that it is very interesting, and I do think that Easton Stick should be feeling the heat a little bit because I don't know if the Chargers are tied down to him being the future backup, right, or even having him be the third-string quarterback on the active roster. But let's get to the wide receivers, David, because that was one of the battles we are very excited to see going into training camp. And we've seen through videos on you know Twitter and things like that Tyron Johnson has made a lot of plays, and it's been coming out over the weekend that Sunday was a big Josh Palmer game. I know Daniel Popper in his training camp recap for day four, and if you don't already, he's done a great recap for every day of training camp so far. Definitely worth the price of admission over at The Athletic if you guys want to see what's been going on. But Josh Palmer started making some big plays right deeper down the field on Sunday, started really putting his name out there right to be that guy who deserves a role on this offense. And I think it's super exciting because you're seeing two guys really going at it. They're going tit for tat, both making big plays, 
both very different kind of receivers. But so far, we had only really seen Josh Palmer looking smooth in drills. I hadn't really seen him make any big plays. Now both of these guys are in like a boxing match, right? Throwing haymakers. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with Josh Palmer, I mean, the the Chargers organization's got to be really happy with what they've seen so far, especially with the the looming Mike Williams decision at the end of the year. I mean, one thing is going to happen, whether he gets re-signed or not, they have that contingency plan with Josh Palmer. So at least things are looking very good for him. He's starting to open up. He's starting to get more comfortable, starting to to, uh, make plays down the field. Um, And for Tyron Johnson, we saw that. We saw that last year. We saw him really get better as a route runner. We we saw the the long bombs. I mean, his introduction to the NFL was like a 65-yard touchdown, which was, I mean, a beautiful throw. I think I've watched that video like 100 times. (laughs) I'm going to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, I mean, both those guys really taking a hold of their opportunities and trying to make this decision really difficult for this coaching staff. Absolutely, and I think that, just seeing Tyron Johnson kind of gaining that confidence in this new offense is something that's really good because him and Josh Palmer could be on the field at the same time too. It's not like they have redundant skill sets, right? And Tyron Johnson, it's just good to see him picking up where he left off. I mean, he was my favorite to win the wide receiver three position and Josh Palmer's, you know, putting up a good fight, right? And I think we could, we'll see both of them on the field, maybe in different packages and stuff like that, like me and you have talked about in the past year, but It's heating up, and you love to see great competition there because the wide receivers have been showing out, and that's what it's going to look like at this point in training camp, right? Talking a lot about wide receivers, linebackers, safeties. There's no pads yet, so the big guys haven't really had a true chance to to shine. But the one thing this also means, David, is guys like Jalen Guyton and K.J. Hill seem like they're falling behind. I mean, I've heard not very much about Jalen Guyton so far, and what I have seen, you know, Jalen Guyton drops a pass, Nothing really spectacular where you're seeing it go viral like Justin Herbert's absolute bomb to Tyron Johnson on the run. I think that ball went or like KJ Hill yards. catching seven balls, right? I mean, as a punt returner, I mean that's something that kind of went viral for him. But I mean, at least he's carving some kind of niche. But for Jalen Guyton, seems like he's getting left behind. Well, and even KJ Hill, I mean, he hasn't even necessarily been the most impressive punt returner so far. If you're reading the notes coming out of camp, that's been Austin Prohl. So. That was his role last year. You'll see what he can do. But you haven't really seen a lot from those guys as far as making the splashy plays, getting noticed a lot. And you keep seeing it about guys like Josh Palmer and Tyron Johnson. So it does seem like even this early on in training camp, there is some level of separation there. I mean, Jalen Guyton went of the year last year as the clear-cut number three wide receiver. Doesn't seem like that so far, right, with everything we're hearing out of training camp. It seems like it's Tyron Johnson and Josh Palmer who have been Maybe the most exciting wide receivers of all of training camp, including, you know, guys like Mike Williams and even Keenan Allen to some extent. But it's nice to see those things coming out for a couple of young wide receivers who, if they start playing really good, and those are guys, you know, a third round pick and an undrafted guy to go along with guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, that's going to be scary. And I'm excited to see it. But we do have two more segments to get into. Up next, we're going to be getting into what happened defensively over the weekend, including some safeties that got on the field and when they got on the field, that'll be important for the Chargers. And also Kazir White and Kyler Fackrell, both showing off so far during training camp. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world, and I'm talking about Built Bar. And the great thing about Built Bar, too, they are the best protein bar in America, and they are also representing America because they are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So they are representing 
over in Tokyo right now. So if you guys want to try what they're having, you got to try a Built Bar. And I mean, I shouldn't have to try to persuade you too much because first off, a Built Bars taste great and they have a ton of delicious flavors to choose from. You can go with salted caramel, cookies and cream, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. You will never get tired of Built Bars because there's so many different flavors to choose from. And you can get a mixed box, which will let you try all of the different flavors available. So that's one of the great things about it. You won't get tired of it. You can keep switching things up and it's going to fit on your diet because most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, which is great. The calories range from 130 to 180 and there's only four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And right now, if you go to built.com, you can use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David, well, uh, we talked a lot about the offense, you know, a new signing at quarterback, talked about the wide receiver battle, but I do want to get into some of the things that came out over the weekend about the Chargers defense, and I thought that Daniel Popper, the beat writer for The Athletic, did a great job talking about some of this stuff, and, you know, he's just taken really immaculate notes through the whole training camp so far. I'm excited to go out there and get my own takes on training camp tomorrow when I'm out there and get to see these guys on the field and see what they look like. But one of the things that interested me the most was when he was talking about the Chargers' safeties. So one of the things that Popper put, and if you don't already, like I said, you should subscribe to The Athletic. He's putting out a lot of great content over there. But Alohi Gilman had a signing, right? So one of the things that Daniel Popper said is that Alohi Gilman is playing with the first team at safety in dime packages or when the Chargers use six defensive backs. In these packages, Chris Harris Jr. is defending the slot as the star defender, as he mentioned Friday, and Derwin James is moving closer to the line of scrimmage as the money backer, playing what Harris referred to Friday as the linebacker safety hybrid position. This is interesting, David, because Ronaldo Hill said that there's also a certain calmness that he has about there and that the other guys feel very comfortable with him back there right now. This was what we were talking about before when we said, hey, you know, if you're going to move Derwin James all over the field, who is going to be back there at safety? Right now, it seems like it's Nazir Adderley and Alohi Gilman. Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a little surprising to me. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when me and you were discussing this before the show, I was like, really? Alohi Gilman's out there with the starters? Now, again, everyone's still in, in street clothes, and right? And who else I mean, would it be, you know, at this yeah, point? Yeah, like. I mean, that's that's a very, very real question because <laughs> we've talked at nauseum. The lack of depth at the safety position for the Chargers is quite apparent. Or maybe it's not. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, I mean, for Alohi Gilman, that's only positive for him. I mean, and it I think it speaks to his development. I mean, last year... He didn't sniff the field. We didn't really feel comfortable with him on the football field. And now they're talking about how he has a a sense of calmness on on the football field. And he's out there with the first team defense. I mean, that bodes well for him. If he can carve out a role on the defense, even in, in, in one or two packages, that is a, a a massive improvement for Elohi Gilman. Yeah, it it would be. And the thing about Elohi Gilman is he is an undersized safety whose skill set seemed to be, for a guy who would play up closer to the line of scrimmage, right? So, yes, if you saw him as a dime linebacker or something like that, it would seem to make a little bit more sense, honestly, than him playing deep at safety. But, you know, if Derwin James is trying to go one-on-one with the number one wide receiver on the other team or something like that, what are his responsibilities really going to be, right? When you have Michael Davis on the field still, Chris Harris Jr. on the field still, 
Derwin James covering someone, Nazir Adderley. It seems like it would probably be a pretty simplified approach, right? If you're having a little heat going Maybe back a little there. safer. Definitely. I mean, they're not going to put him in situations where he's going to get easily exposed, you would hope. But yeah. the other thing they said is that he was communicating very well. And we all know how Brandon Staley and this coaching staff, you know, really value communication. But he wasn't the only one that in sub packages was back there playing safety because Chris Harris Jr. was also back there playing safety, which was something that was very interesting. He talked about it the last time he's played it was his rookie season with the Broncos. And ever since then, he's been a corner, right? Mostly. 11 years ago, just for those yeah. who don't don't know, Chris Harris Jr. has been in the league a long time. So that was over a decade ago. And I don't hate this. I mean. No. I don't think you necessarily have to, in Brandon Staley's defense, have great top-end speed to play safety on, you know, on the back end necessarily if you know what you're doing and you're playing very fundamentally sound. And we all know he's a good tackler for that position as well. And has great instincts too, which is why I'm kind of excited to see him at safety. I mean, he's a guy who's been in this league a long time, played a lot of football, Daniel. So he, th- those instincts are going to help him in you know playing this new position. And I don't think it hurts to have someone as experienced as him on the back end anyways, you know, trying to get people lined up. If it's him and Nazir Adderley, that's something I could definitely get behind because it's not like Derwin James is coming off the field for, right? He's just in a different spot, and you're getting some more versatility out of those guys. So that was interesting. Popper also said that Mark Webb has just been kind of cross-training everywhere. Ronaldo Hill talked about that as well and basically said there could be injuries, and this guy could have to get on the field at some point. So it's important that we get him ready for a lot of different positions, and he's been playing those positions with the second and third team. But one of the guys we haven't talked about a lot during training camp is Kyler Fackrell. But according to Daniel Popper, Kyler Fackrell has been the primary edge rusher opposite of Joey Bosa with the first-team defense. Uchenna Nwosu is still rotating in, but the Chargers are high on Fackrell, who they signed to a $1.5 million deal in March. So, Dave, this is a guy who, even though he's coming off a four-sack season last year, does have a 10-sack season in 2019 to kind of hang his hat on. And the other thing we knew about him, too, is he's going to be very solid as an outside linebacker because he was very familiar with this role. But it's hard to look at this. And not think of the effect it has on a Shannon and Wosu. Like, obviously, it's nice him rotating in still, but we were excited about him potentially getting a full-time load at that edge position. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought we were, this was going to be flipped. I thought this was going to be reversed. We thought Uchenna was going to be the guy opposite of Joey Bosa going out there and getting the majority of the snaps. But at least early on in camp, it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems like Kyler Fackel is that guy opposite of Joey rushing the passer and, and just that other outside linebacker on the field, which is definitely, I think, a little concerning for me. I mean, just with Uchenna, like this is a contract year. Like he doesn't have time to waste. Like we were saying before the show, he he does not have time. He needs every single snap that he can get. Now, things can change. This is very early on in training camp. And yes, we're going to draw conclusions because that's what we do. But (laughs) it's definitely a little concerning for me. I mean, I think Uchenna needs to step up his game because this is his last opportunity to make some money. This is a contract year for him. It is a contract year for him, and you know that you have seen some very exciting things in flashes with Nwosu, and he didn't get a lot of playing time with the Chargers, and I think we really blamed the coaching staff for that, right, because he seemed like the obvious position for it, but sure did. now that you're going into this and not seeing him out there right away, it does at least you know cause you to have a little bit of pause about him, because they know he's on a contract year, and with Kyler Fackrell, 
On the flip side of things, they brought him in for a reason with a specific role in mind. Could be great depth, but they obviously see him right now like they want to get him on the field. But like you said, hey, we're four days in. Of course, we're going to overreact right now, but there's a lot of time for Lieutenant Wosu to kind of nail down what he has on the field. And he did get a sack in the last practice too. So that will obviously help a little bit. I would think that Fackrell might be a little bit more solid as far as base formation, stopping the run, keeping contained, things like that. But I think that Uchenin Wosu is a better pure pass rusher. He has been when he's been fully healthy, when he's been out there looking at his best. But the one last thing I want to touch on here is Kazir White, who according to Daniel Popper has also been one of the standout players. And Brandon Staley also talked about how they love him because he moves like a defensive back, but he hits like a linebacker. And there's always space for guys like that on the field, right? You want those modern day coverage linebackers that can run around. And we saw some bad moments from Kazir White, but also some improvement over the season last year where it just seemed like he was a step away from making a lot of plays in coverage. He does move pretty well early on in his career before he had the injuries. I mean, we were very high on this guy after his rookie season. Came in and made an immediate impact. Now he seems like he's the th- next linebacker up right behind Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. But maybe we're not giving him enough credit, David, because it does seem like if he keeps playing at this level, keeps making plays during training camp, they're going to have to get him on the field. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's a former safety, so he has those instincts and coverage. And, you know, like you said, he hits like a linebacker, or Brandon Staley said he hits like a linebacker. So, I mean, a guy, you know, in a defense where you want multiple type of DBs and you guys, you definitely need guys that are going to be able to cover. And we know that Kaiser White can do that. So if he can show that he can stay healthy and stay on the field, maybe he can be a bigger part of this defense. It would only benefit the Chargers. Absolutely. And he did have a pick six against Easton Stick, right? And Drew Tranquil, I think we're very excited about too. So it's hard to say that's how he gets on the field. Maybe it's a situation where if Kenneth Murray isn't blitzing on third down right maybe it makes more sense to have drew tranquil and kazir white on the field as the linebackers than it would to have kenneth murray and i do think that is a possibility as well because he still can hold up in the running game too all three of them can so it's just exciting to even have you know a guy that we're trying to get on the field right instead of just trying a guy trying to find a guy that is worth having on the field at linebacker so these are definitely good problems to have for the chargers but we did have a ton of press conferences over the weekend as well. And I know we got to a lot last week. I think there was like six over the weekend. So we're going to do a best of hearing some quotes from Brandon Staley, new defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, and also Kenneth Murray about getting pads back on and really having some practice this upcoming week. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action You guys can still bet on the Olympics right now, which is like the betting gold rush, right? Once every four years, in this case, five years, you get the Olympics where there's just as many sports as you can imagine going on at the same time. And BetOnline will let you bet on basically all of them. There's so many different bets. They had to break it off into like five different sections where you can bet on it. So this is a great time to get in on the action. If you only like betting on the NFL, I understand it. And there's still a lot of NFL futures you guys can be betting on right now to to make some money off the Chargers this season. I mean, Justin Herbert right now just went down in how likely he is to be MVP. I think now he is tied for eighth. So that just makes it a better bet if he's able to come do that this season. If you guys want to put money on that, 
If you want to bet on the Chargers to win the AFC West or just their placement in the AFC West, even if you think they're going to be in second place, you can bet on all of those things at Bet Online, and they'll even help you get started because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, one of the things that I think has been really cool to see this offseason so far, and especially in training camp, is the Chargers making so many guys available to the media, right? And just getting to hear from so many players. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Kenneth Murray, Brandon Staley, Ronaldo Hill have all had press conferences since the last time that we talked. Chris Harris Jr. had one as well. And we've been getting some really good nuggets out of it. And I mean, there was a lot of good stuff that came out over the weekend. We're not going to have enough time to get into all of it today. But there were some quotes that stood out to me. And one of the ones I want to start with is Brandon Staley on his teaching, right? And how his coaches have been great teachers so far during training camp. This is something that you brought up to me as something that you wanted to talk about. Daniel Popper talked about it as well, just how much these coaches care about teaching these players and how they're just doing it constantly. And what Brandon Staley said is, it's exciting. It gives me a lot of confidence. I have a lot of pride in our coaches. When I walk around and see a drill being executed, I know that there was a lot of purpose in that planning. I know it's been explained very well. And when I see the players go perform, whether they do it perfectly or there's something to learn from, I know that it's helping us get one step closer to be where we need to be. So this is something, David, that we are very excited with because teaching and development are very closely linked, right? I mean, you develop guys by teaching them new things, teaching them how to be better at what they're already doing, and so much more than that. And we knew that Brandon Staley and this coaching staff was going to bring a different perspective on that than Anthony Lynn and former coaches with the Chargers. And Daniel Popper is saying here as well, these guys are always doing something. Even when it's special teams drills going on on the field, the position coaches are with the guys who aren't on special teams teaching them stuff. So it is nice to see we heard that so much in the off-season process, right? And once Brandon Staley got hired and was talking for the first time, now we're seeing it come to fruition. I just absolutely love it, Daniel. I mean, I really can't get enough of it. And I mean, one thing that Daniel wrote um, when in one of his articles that really stuck out to me is that he took a second to look around to just, you know, the different aspects that were take a look around at the different stations around practice. And he saw pretty much to a man that everyone, all the position coaches were teaching in, you know, their drills, which I just, I love that. I mean, it's great to hear and see that people are, are recognizing that the coaches are out there teaching. And obviously we have to see it on the field, but the track record of development for the chargers has not been good. It seems like they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, and it just seems like they're getting the most out of these days. There's no dull moments. Everything is impeccably planned out and just absolutely jam-packed as far as their schedule. And when they're there, it's not you know this thing where they're just trying to drill things into you and work you until you can't be worked anymore. They're just trying to get you to learn and just be better and teach you better technique and teach you better fundamentals. That's all stuff that should improve under this coaching staff and I think all things to get excited about, but... New defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill also talked to the media, and he got to talk about Derwin James calling the plays because the first couple of days we saw Drew Tranquil with the green dot in his helmet. And if you guys saw the great, you know, mic'd up of Brandon Staley walking and talking through training camp, which was awesome. I know David retweeted that from our account. I could watch that guy do that all day, but he was talking to Derwin James with the walkie-talkie into the helmet, right? He's like, Derwin, you got me, babe, right? That part. Of the practice, I mean, that was a really great moment there. But 
it makes sense for him, right? But when he was asked about it, Ronaldo Hill said it's great because he's always on the field. He has command. We wanted to give it to him early. He's the one reciting those calls and giving it to us. That's a good component of having Nas back there because when Derwin's back is turned away, Nas has to be the one to recite everything and get everybody lined up. So when he does break the huddle, he knows exactly where everybody needs to go. It's going to be a tag team tandem back there with those two guys really working, but we like the command that Derwin brings with being a signal caller. And I mean, we saw the Rams do this last year with John Johnson. He was very successful with the green dot in his helmet, calling in the plays. And now you're seeing it with Derwin James, but as Ronaldo Hill is telling you, a lot of it's going to be up to Nazir Adderley as well. Yeah, and these are two guys that we've been waiting to watch on the football field together. We've been very excited ever since Nas was drafted. We just felt like Nas was a perfect complement to Derwin. And we already know Derwin has the command. I mean, anytime he talks, anytime he steps into a building, he has that just magnetism. You just you're just drawn to Derwin James. And that is why it's really excited. It's really exciting to see that he's going to be the signal caller. And, you know, we know that he's going to be all over this defense. So let's see what he does. Yeah, and I mean, you can tell Ronaldo Hill's excited to work with him, right? When asked about Derwin James, he just said what stood out was his explosion, just his explosion, his power, getting to the ball. He's quarterbacking, he's signaling everything, and a lot of the time, I mean, Derwin James, we know how important he is to this defense. And they're putting a ton on his plate, right? And they're also putting a ton on Nazir Adderley's plate as well. And he's going to have a very important role. And I think what they like about that is he's going to only be playing safety for the most part. So when Derwin James is lined up close to the line of scrimmage, right, he's back there making sure everyone is lined up correctly. We've been waiting a couple years to see this tandem back there. I'm super excited about it. And Kenneth Murray is super excited about padded practices starting this week. And so am I. I'll be there tomorrow for the first day of it. But Kenneth Murray is the type of player who needs pads to practice. This is what he had to say. Well, that's real football, point blank, period. I mean, I've been waiting for this. For me, to be honest, it's kind of hard for me to practice without pads on because I'm such a physical and aggressive guy. I always want to put my hands on somebody. I always want to hit somebody. So it's kind of hard doing it without pads. Now I can just cut it loose. That's what I'm going to do on Monday is just cut it loose. And I'll get to be there to watch it. I'm so excited about it. But what you would expect the answer to be from Kenneth Murray, David. I mean, this dude's a dog. He's a downhill type of linebacker. He is aggressive. He does play physical. And he's excited to get pads on. And I'm sure the offensive and defensive linemen probably are as well. Yeah, and he's a little bit of a bully, too. I mean, they put a video of a couple of guys playing Jenga. I think it was uh, Michael Davis and, Jr. Yeah. yeah, it was Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis. And, you know, you just see... Uh, Kenneth Murray walk by and just slap the whole stack down and he just giggles as he walks by. I'm like, come on, what a bully. You can't even let these guys play, but that's just his mentality. That's how he, that's how he lives his life. That's what he brings to the table. He's a physical guy. He's trying to hunt you down and run through you. That is what I'm excited to watch this year. And I know you're going to be able to watch it today. I mean, I was trying to figure out if I thought that was staged or not, because I mean, I know Michael Davis is a jokester. And Asante Samuel Jr.'s second move on the Jenga game was just absolutely Super illegal. Weak. Yeah, I mean, illegal week. He took one off the second row after Michael Davis had put one back on the top after pulling it from lower on the Jenga tower, right? And then Asante Samuel Jr. just picks one from the second row. I mean, bold move. But yeah, then Kenneth Murray comes in and just destroys the whole thing. Michael, David, Michael Davis did seem legitimately upset, but... We have padded practices now, David. As much as we've been excited about these first few days of training camp, 
now it's really going to heat it's up. It's real right? football now, baby. Let's go. And that's like when the chirping starts, right? The trash talking begins because as much as it happens with other teams, it happens on the Chargers too. So I'm excited to see that and much more at Chargers training camp tomorrow. And we will be back with you tomorrow and I'll be giving all of my training camp experiences. There's a lot I'm looking forward to watching and I'm sure it's going to make a lot of content, good content for tomorrow's show as well. So I'm super excited about that. If Wish you guys I could are, be there, man. I know. If David didn't live in Texas, he'd be going with me. But I will be out there. I'm a large bearded man if you want to try to find me. I mean, my picture's on my Twitter at DanTalkSports. But if you guys see me, you want to come talk to me, absolutely feel free to do that. I'm excited to be out there with Charger fans. And I'm especially excited to see Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, and this team on the field with pads on. And I can't contain my excitement. So if you guys see me tomorrow at camp, if you want to talk to me, Come up to me. I'd be happy to hang out with you guys. I'm excited about it. But that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, guys, I will be recapping everything I see at training camp. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of great content out of it. But until then, make sure to follow the show or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. That's the easiest way to make sure that you never miss a show. Me and David also post all the shows to our social media. So you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. If you guys need a show to go with your BetOnline.ag account, make sure to check out LockedOnBets with one of our friends, your boy Q, and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. I know you guys want to bet on some sports. If you need to know what bets you should be making, make sure to check them out. But that's going to do it for us today. If you guys want to get your voicemails in, the number is 323 323- 524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But excited to hopefully see some of you guys out there tomorrow at Chargers Camp and be back here to break it down with you. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.